Good morning, everybody. We are back with you again on Two Peas on a Pod podcast. I am one of your hosts, Austin Griffiths, and Zachary Cordell is not with us today. I am flying solo today as far as the hosting is concerned, and uh, we are here today with our very first on-the-road interview. And uh, I've made it um, public on this podcast several times, but I'm a full-time evangelist, and so I'm on the road a lot of the year. And so me and uh, Zach do a lot of recording while I'm home and try to get a lot of them built up and archived to release um, every Tuesday morning, Lord willing. But we are here today. I'm actually sitting in my motor home right now with a special guest with us here today on the very first on-the-road interview. Now, I know we've done other interviews um, with pastors, um, with me and Zach present together, but today we are on an on-the-road interview, kind of a new thing we're going to try to do um, as much as uh, we feel like we're able and as much as um, others are willing to share their testimony and where they're from and who they are. And there are a lot of uh, wonderful people I come in contact with being on the road all the time. And uh, there's some awesome testimonies out there about what God's done for different people that otherwise you may not never get to hear it, but you might be able to hear it right here on the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. So tell somebody about it, share the news, subscribe, like, follow. And I want to say again, before I turn it over here to my preacher friend, um, we have an email at 2Ps21 at yahoo.com. Once again, that is T-W-O-P-E-A-S 21 at yahoo.com. We'd love to have you, any of your feedback, comments, anything you'd like to say. But right now, here we are uh, podcasting, broadcasting, recording, whatever you want to say it. We are here on a Monday evening, and we are in Dayton, Ohio right now. And with me today is one of my very good friends, been friends for several years. I still remember about the time we met. Actually, I was preaching here um, at the church, and about the time he had gotten saved and started coming several years ago. But right here with us, we have the brother Joe Loza. Say hello. Hello. So we're going to ask him to uh, be part of this podcast, the On the Road interview today, and he's going to share with us his story and where he's at today. Hi, my name is Joe Loza. I've known Brother Griffiths for about five and a half years now, about the whole time I've been saved. been saved for five and a half years. Uh, I grew up in a little town called Sydney, Ohio, about 40, 45 minutes north of Dayton, where we are currently living today. And uh, that's where I spent about the first 19 years of my life. Uh, had a had a good home, relatively good home growing up. It was my mom, my dad, my little brother. Uh, we did a lot of things together and traveled a lot. Uh, my dad is Hispanic, and we would go to Mexico a lot. I have a lot of roots in Mexico, and we uh, were very family-oriented from the background of my father and his culture and all those things and my mom and dad were married for 17 and a half years and uh, just uh, I don't really know what happened I'd say it was just sin and the devil wrecking a home at uh, when I 
was 12 years old they uh, split up and uh, from that moment on it wasn't such a happy home after that and uh, sin just took hold of my life I didn't really know what the depths of sin was up until that point like I said we lived a relatively uh, good home uh, family oriented but when the home split up there was no parental guidance in my life and there was nobody to really show me right from wrong from that moment forward or correct me when I was doing wrong and I just kind of was left to fend for myself from that moment forward and uh, I did everything I possibly could to seemingly th did the right things that in my own eyes and uh, I found out that none of the things I was doing later on in life were profitable or were the right things. Uh, sin always offers you a hand and it shows you the good things. But as the Bible says, and it's found it to be very true, there's pleasure in sin for a season. And that's all there is. There's only pleasure in sin for a short time. And after that short time, there's nothing but heartache and chaos and very very bad things that's exactly right and uh the the longer i was in sin from 12 to 19 i uh i mean i i just really i ran the street and did things to provide for myself things that weren't uh, very good at all and things that i uh i don't really like repeating to a lot of people and uh I, only if the lord really wanted me to tell some i've shared it with a few people that were really going through it when i was down praying with a sinner at an altar i'd tell them where i'd come from and the things that i had done and uh, so that they knew i could relate with them and uh, i found that to be true in the world that these people that are hurting they they don't want the finger really pointed at them and show them what they're doing wrong they really just want to know that someone's there and who cares and that they uh, can relate to them and I've won uh, by the help of the Lord won uh, a few souls to the Lord because of that I was able to relate to them and tell them that there is a better way that you don't have to stay in those depths of sin and uh, my testimony that I would share with them would bring them bring them to the Lord and I'm very thankful for that but uh, like I said we tried to make a living on our own running running the street and doing things that uh, no 12 year old ought have done at that age and i did that really uh off and on i do i do those bad things i'd get in a whole mess of trouble with the court system and uh it w i'd do good maybe for a little while and then i'd be right back at it uh because i really didn't have nobody in my life Mo uh mom was <laughs> doing things and dad was doing other things that they thought were more important and i love them both dearly uh, i don't blame them really i blame sin and sin is very blinding and it keep, catches people in the moment and i love them very much and still to this day uh, i'm the only one in my family that's saved uh, nobody in my family is saved i'm the only one and I don't say that as a feather in my cap, but I say that with a heavy heart because I do want to see my family saved. I've got a little brother right now. He's uh, getting ready to turn 21 in July.
and uh he's doing the same things that i was doing and uh you don't really realize how much of an effect your actions have on other people until you really see them doing the things that you were doing and now that i've the lord has saved me i'm doing the very best i can to live a good and positive life in front of him and uh, my family and they're seeing the results of it and uh, it, it is because of the life that the lord has given me and uh uh, the reason it's part of the reason why my wife is saved, which I'll get to here in a minute. But uh, I do I do all those things from twelve to nineteen, and uh, uh, I just was in a mess of trouble. Uh, nineteen years old, uh, had a child on the way with the, my wife, and uh, it was just a, a bad trouble. Had a heavy hefty sentence. Uh, I was facing and uh, I didn't really know what to do and uh, the only place I could get a job I mean even McDonald's turned me down uh, because of my my record they turned me down they wouldn't even hire me McDonald's wouldn't even hire me and this one place finally let me have uh, a chance they gave me a chance for the job and it just so happens that when I was working there a man from here in Dayton worked there 45 minutes away where i lived at and uh i'd worked there i'd say close to a month and i i would talk to the man his name's dave maples i'd talk to him uh, every once in a while and uh he uh eventually after about a month came up to me at my workstation and he pointed his finger in my face and he said i feel like the lord told me to tell you that jesus is coming back before you know it and uh, at first, I thought he was crazy, and I thought I didn't know what in the world he was talking about. I thought he was uh, just another crazy church guy. And uh, what I now know as conviction grabbed hold of my heart, and uh, it dawned on me that I was not ready to meet the Lord. And I knew that I would go to hell if I died that day. So I went home, and I uh, I got down in my bathroom. I lived with my dad at the time. My mom would not let me live with her, just how out of control I was. My dad uh, let me live there. Uh, he said he'd, he'd help me until I got back on my feet. And uh, I, I went home that day. I locked myself in my bathroom, and I just started play, playing the only Christian music that i knew and uh, what i'd probably consider as worldly today uh, i just started playing it and uh, there's a little chorus that came on and it said and when you're if i remember it right it says and when your sky is dark and your uh the clouds are filled with gray it says then cry to jesus and i had prayed probably close to an hour up to this point uh may give or take an hour and then all of a sudden when I heard that chorus, that's exactly what I did. I just, I broke down and I started crying. Uh, and for me to cry at that point was just a, ma a miracle in itself. I would go probably three or four years at a time without ever even shedding a tear. If you can believe that. I was just so hardened by sin and the things that I was doing. And I just broke. And, it, and <laughs> what I now know is salvation. It was so sweet. Uh, every chain that held my hands and every chains that held my feet and my mind and just everything it literally felt like something left me something rolled off of my shoulders 
and uh, I've never been the same since. I, I from that moment forward, it was just it was just amazing. I mean, the writer tried to tried to uh, put it into words, and the only good word he could say was amazing, amazing grace. And it has just been amazing ever since I got saved. Uh, from I, I smiled from ear to ear for hours, and I'm not kidding you, hours. I mean, it was probably the first time in close to se seven and a half, eight years that I actually smiled, and it was a real smile. I bet your family was just kind of walking around like, what in the world just happened to him? <laughs> yeah, they didn't really know uh, what in the world that had happened to me. Uh, I was an angry young man, and I was always uh, into it with somebody picking fights and trying to show the world that I was the baddest young man out there. But I, the Lord, when he saved me, and I'm still the, this way today, thank God for it. Uh, it. It doesn't take much to get me to weep when, you, when I think about where he's brought me from or when I think about how good he's been to me it it brings tears to my eyes every time and i never ever want to lose that and i hope that you don't ever lose that either but uh after i got saved i was smiling ear to ear for hours and hours and hours until i had went to bed and i woke up the next day and ran over to dave maples and i don't even think he realized uh, or believed me but i i said Dave, I feel like I got saved last night. And he said, well, that's great. And uh, it was probably two or three weeks after that that I, I finally went to uh, church for the first time in a, a long time. My mom used to take us to a little church, uh, and we used to go there every, every once in a while, like on holidays and stuff like that. And... Uh, and uh, I went to a holiness church, and uh, I started going to church with Dave Maples. And uh, as I started going with him, I noticed they didn't have a TV. <laughs> and I noticed they didn't have certain things. And uh, I never asked. I never asked why they didn't have it. I just, uh, I just knew they were different. And uh, it was just, I still had all those things after I got saved. I still had a TV, and I still wore my... Uh, you know my worldly attire and i still went throughout my days the same way just a different heart and uh god slowly the slow the longer i was saved uh god started to put his finger on things and uh when i got saved i was a totally different person obviously a new creature in christ uh but my wife she she didn't want nothing to do with me she thought that I was crazy because uh, we weren't married at the time, and I told her right away. I said, "Well, we can't, we can't stay together anymore, and we can't hold hands, and we can't, you know, kiss and things like that." And she was like, "Oh well," she just didn't understand. So we split up for a whole year and a half, and uh, we weren't together for a year and a half, and I just, I, I just. I didn't try to get with another girl. I didn't want another girl. Uh, for the whole year and a half, I was saved. There was nothing, no desire of mine to be with any other woman than her. And I prayed every day, every day. And I know people say that, and it seems like they exaggerate it. But I literally prayed every day for a year and a half. And uh, I want to say right here, there was multiple times 
that I'd came up to visit or I was scheduled to preach or for whatever reason I came up here and I can say that I heard you several times say please pray for my wife because you was you was by yourself yeah. she wasn't with you and you had just one yeah you had Simon at the time and um, and you was by yourself and just you could you could hear you could feel your heart uh, breaking when you would shout out and just say hey please pray um, for well, she wasn't your wife at the time, but please pray for um, her to get saved. Yes, and uh, uh, the Holy Ghost spoke to me in a service one day uh, through tongues and interpretation and said, uh, I will not give her to someone I do not have full control of. And uh, that that amazed me and made me fear a little bit because I thought I was giving God everything. And uh, it was from that moment on, now that I think about it and I'm talking about it, that God started to put his finger on things in my life. And uh, I was playing, I used to have a PlayStation and a TV, and I was playing it one day. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, is this what you want to be doing when I come back? And uh, from that day forward, I got rid of my TV and my PlayStation and uh, I started not feeling so right wearing shorts and uh, walking around in a short sleeve shirt. And, and I never heard preaching on it. Uh, that I never heard any preaching on it. I mean, I just laid the things down as God started dealing with me about it. Before I ever heard a preacher preach against it, uh, God laid it on my heart and dealt with me to give these things up. And uh, the more I gave, the more he gave. And uh, I realized that uh, I was in a service one time, and uh, the Holy Ghost was just moving. It was one of those services. There wasn't any music. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in there. It was just a very powerful service. And I had my hands up, and I was telling God, God, I've done this, and I've given you this, and I don't go here. What else do you want from me? And he spoke to me in that service, and he said, all I've wanted was you. Uh, and I realized that it's not our things that God wants, but it's those things that get in the way of God having all of us. And wow, I, that's awesome. And I realized that God, that's all he wanted. And that's really all I wanted in life. I'd searched everywhere. I'd put my life in friends, and i put my life in at the bottom of a bottle, and, and I'd put my life in substances and relationships. And all I wanted was somebody to want me, somebody to love me. And God, he did all of that for me, and it's been amazing ever since. And I never shall forget the day when all the burdens of my soul were rolled away. It was amazing, and I'm just so thankful that he saved me. But after he had started putting his finger on things, my wife started to come around and come to church with me a little more often, still not really uh, responding to it, but she started to come because she saw that it wasn't a phase, just another phase in my life. She thought she saw that it wasn't me just trying to get out of trouble again like I had done so many times before. But she saw that there was something real in what had happened to me. So she started coming around and uh, she saw how I treated her was different and how I treated others. And, uh, and finally, we, we ended up getting married July 1st. Uh, and later on in that month, I ended up getting the Holy Ghost. And then it was about a month after that, she got saved. <laughs> she ended up getting saved. She was in a, she was in a service. 
and uh, Tony Lee was preaching, and uh, she ended up coming down to an old-fashioned altar and getting saved. It was just miraculous. I never, I honestly, I prayed, and I was believing God for it. But when it happened, it was just so unexpectedly to me, and I was just so amazed. And she got saved, and after she got saved, uh, we uh, we started praying and asking God to help us, and we wanted to do more for Him. And uh, obviously, I'm just giving you the basics of my, my testimony. There's days and hours that I could speak on this, but uh, we, my wife and I started seeking for God's will, and uh, we wanted a house and to move closer to church because we were driving 45 minutes to church. And uh, the Lord moved, and when we, we had looked at 30-plus different houses, nothing seemed to work. And finally, we found a house that was right down the street from the church we was going to. And uh, they turned down all other offers, and they gave it to us. And uh, there we st slowly started building our family. Uh, we had one, Simon, and, and now we have two more, Reuben and Emma, uh, five, three, and one. And uh, she's just turned out to be a wonderful woman, a good holiness lady. Uh, the Lord baptized her in the Holy Ghost about a year after she got saved. And... Uh, after she had received the Holy Ghost, and uh, she, uh, God's just been taking her on a journey, and and she didn't even believe in God before any of this. She didn't even believe there was a real God, and she thought I was crazy, and church people were crazy, and uh, judgmental, and everything like that. And but uh, she got saved one day, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost, and and ever since then we've been a. Uh, praying for God's will and after uh, we've been praying for God's will and uh, wanting to be used of God and uh, uh, the Lord called us into the ministry and uh, by the help and grace of God we've been doing that ever since and we've been doing that for uh, a little over three years now and I've I've only been saved five and a half and my wife's only been saved for around three going on three and a half and uh uh, our whole our whole lives and experiences have been very uh, seemingly fast paced, uh, but really, I in the grand scheme of it all, I really uh, even after all of my efforts and praying and reading and all of those things, I understand you don't earn a calling and God don't just uh, give you those uh, God just or you don't just earn those things or take those things. I believe the Bible words it as no man takes this honor upon himself. Um, but uh, I I was just I felt like God was dealing with me about it and uh, for a while and uh, finally one day um, the Lord spoke to me through a scripture because uh, I was uh, I was really battling from my past and everybody that had known me uh, and they were, I, I was afraid of what they would say about me and uh, think that I was a phony uh, because I said God called me to preach and um, God spoke to me through that scripture where Joshua was getting ready to take uh, the children of Israel over over the Jordan River, and he said, and the scripture was, "Fear not them, <laughs> neither be afraid of them." For he said, "For I will be with thee." <laughs> and uh, it was just amazing to me that he he spoke to me that way. And uh, you can doubt it if you want to, but uh, God's done. Uh, many many miracles we've seen many saved 
since we've been preaching not any not any feather in our cap whatsoever but uh we're so thankful that god has done that for us and with us and well one thing i want to jump in right there is you was just you are a willing vessel you are somebody that you know how many people come to the altar that you see often and say lord what else what else do you want me to do? Usually you get up and preach or something, they're like, well, that preacher touched on my such and such. Well, I'm telling you what. And, uh, you know, but finding somebody that's a willing vessel that says, you know what, I might not understand all of this. I wasn't raised in this. I've not heard this all my life. But I want God. Yes. And that's the thing. If everybody would have that attitude that I want God, whatever it takes it's hard telling what what um, others could do, and hopefully somebody hearing this testimony will will say that's that's what I want to be. And I've seen that out of your life when we uh, first. I'll say this and get it right back to you. When we uh, uh, when I first started coming around you, some um, I remember I was preaching here at the church one uh, one of the midweek services, and uh, that particular message I believe I was pulling for a young person. Um, to come out of sin and really give their life to God. And uh, I shared some of my testimony about how I backslid out of the Holiness Church um, for about three years and ran as far as I could um, from God and how I came back to the Lord. And I went right back to my roots. I knew what was right. And I remember you came up to me that night after after that message and everything. And we was just talking and I was trying to get to know you some. And uh, we exchanged numbers so we could text and stay in contact. And you said, you said, preacher, you said, brother Austin, you said your testimony sounds similar to mine. You said, how do I receive the Holy Ghost? What do I need to do to receive the Holy Ghost? And I don't remember exactly what I said in that moment, but I remember you telling me, what do I need to do? The willingness of your heart and I mean, God just He took that willingness and I mean, made a preacher out of you. And uh, we've been trying to do everything that uh, God wants us to do ever since. Uh, and my wife is just amazes me that how far God's brought her. And uh, nobody will ever really know how far God's brought us from. It's only God will know because there's things that uh, I'm glad are under the blood and that nobody will ever know. But uh, it's just it just still amazes me today. Uh, what God's done with us I'll be sitting and uh, we'll be on our way to preach somewhere or we'll just be in church or uh, I'll just be talking to people and it'll just be out of nowhere I'll just be off in my own world just thinking where I was just five and a half years ago and uh, it, it just I wish I could forget a lot of things that I'd went through and things that I've done I really do uh, and those things still haunt me today and uh, that's what some some people don't realize, especially young people, is they uh, they want to go out and they want to do things, and uh, they don't realize how how far reaching those damages uh, reach, and how far and how long those uh, things last. You can you can get out of those things, and you can stop doing those things, but you'll unless god really moves and erases that you'll you'll remember those things all the days of your life and uh, they haunt me to this day not because uh, uh 
necessarily uh, I'm afraid to go back. I mean, I don't ever want to go back, and I don't think I'm above backsliding. I believe that's a dangerous place for anybody to get, to feel like they're above that. But I, uh, it just, it's just, it's so real. Sin is real, and it's, and it, it's really just one decision away from every, from any person. No matter if you've been raised in it your whole life, if you if you've never done anything your whole life, you're everyone's just one decision away from from going that far. And and the famous last words I feel like of everyone that ever starts out in sin is, "I'll never go that far. I'll never do those things." And it's usually when they say that. I remember sitting in the classroom when the dare officer came to school. I think I was only in fourth, third or fourth grade. He would come, and he told everybody in the classroom, he said, I say this with a heavy heart. He said, he said half to three-quarters of this classroom will be doing drugs by the time they're in high school. We'll be, we'll be smoking and drinking by the time they're in high school. And I remember sitting there in that class and saying, I will never go that far. I will never do that. I will never do those things. And sure enough, just about everybody in that classroom was doing those things, just like he said. And it was, uh, I never want to feel like I'm above falling. I always want to lean and depend upon the grace of God every day and lean on Him and depend on Him. But God has just miraculously put our home together and uh, Lord willing, we're going to be evangelizing the first of the year. And God has just uh, blessed and done so much for my family and I. And uh, I, I, I tell my testimony just about everywhere I go, not, not to spread who I am, but who, what God can do. And uh, I, uh, I always leave a lot out just because I don't feel like it's necessary for everybody and their brother to know the the real bad details but i always tell enough and uh people know that god can still save today and i'm so thankful for that he just saved my five-year-old about six months ago and baptized him in the holy ghost about two weeks ago my five-year-old son simon and uh, i'm so thankful that his blood has never lost its power and that it still saves today there's a train blowing in the background <laughs> We are right next to some train tracks. But uh, there he goes again. But uh, anyways, we're going to wrap this up. we got about four minutes or so end up. But I want to say that uh, me and my family, we're expecting our fifth child. And uh, I don't know exactly if we will have him by the time I release this podcast episode or not. Um, but we're expecting our fourth boy, fifth child. And, uh, and so we was needing a motorhome. Um, to make enough room for the children I've, I've said that on this podcast before and uh, pretty well out of my price range the banks would laugh at us and everything it really it, it was the hand of God that worked it all out and uh, but anyways um, I remember selling we was needing to sell our truck in fifth wheel and uh, I got to sell my truck to a man that used to go to our church and uh, he since has sold it since then he only had it for a month or so and he sold it to a, a man um, that's evangelizing right now um, but anyway so it pretty much went straight to another evangelist pretty much except a month or two um, but we was needing to sell the fifth wheel and we had had multiple people that was just matter of factly they was buying it blah 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 and uh, 
and several of them the first one she was so emphatic she was going to give me way more than what i was really thinking i'd ever get out of it um just too good to be true and it was she backed out had another lady um her and her husband talked to me on the phone for probably two hours about every detail of that fifth wheel i mean they was they was going to pay me an extra thousand dollars to bring it to them they lived at a campground i mean there's I mean, it was just, I was like, a scammer's not going to talk to me for two hours on the phone. But I said all of that to say that they ghosted us. They disappeared, and we was needing to sell our fifth wheel. We was needing it sold right now. And uh, we was on our way. Um, we was at home at this time, um, at the beginning of our transition time, and we was at home, and uh, we was preaching about an hour and 40 minutes away and we was on the road going through the country not too far from the church and i told my wife i said i guess i'm gonna have to get back on rv trader get online put it up for sale tonight when we get home or in the morning and uh i just said that i just said that and then my phone started ringing and i looked down and it was joe loza it said joe loza and i said hello and you know we talk from time to time pretty often you know we're, we're good friends we're not just your occasional friend. I mean, we talk pretty often about preaching and books and life and whatever. And uh, so I didn't think nothing of it. And you said, I need to talk to you about something. And I still didn't think nothing of it. And then when you said, do you still have your trailer for sale? It hit me. I thought, oh, my goodness. He's getting ready to do what I think he's going to do. And I just thought that was amazing that God stopped this person and this person and to me during the whole time i'm like oh my goodness no 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 and uh and uh and god just stopped it he stopped it every time because he knew my timing was not god's timing and when i thought i needed it gone a month two months before it actually went god knew the whole time it needed to go to you and alexis i just thought that was amazing yes sir well we're going to wrap up this podcast here such a, an amazing testimony. We appreciate you coming and interviewing. And uh, I just want you to jump in here and just say this for just a minute. But one thing I want to preface out of this testimony is I've had a, a person or two tell me throughout my life. Now, um, I'm not going to take it. This ain't my testimony. This is yours. Um, but I've been going to the Holiness Church. I'm 30 years old. I've been going to the Holiness Church for about 27 years of those 30 years of my life. And... Uh, and so the church that you started going to and you were saved was the church I was raised in. And so I've been a part of this church all, per, pretty well all of my life, 90% or more of my life. And uh, and so anyways, I've had some people say, well, the only reason you live that way is because you was raised that way. The only reason you, um, you know, your mom and sister don't wear pants is because you was raised that way. The only reason your wife don't wear pants you know you know what i mean the only reason you don't wear shorts and the only reason um they don't cut their hair and you don't wear your hair long and all these standards that we hold so dear bible standards um you just you was like that because that's all you've ever heard um but i i what i loved about this testimony and uh, one reason i wanted to bring you on here is you didn't know anything you didn't understand anything and you walked in this dear church awesome church and you walked in and said i don't understand but teach me yeah teach me teach me i want to know the way you've seen the real thing and so you were wooed by the spirit of god and you were wooed by the holy ghost and you were wooed by the power that's in holiness within holiness is power for how can we claim that we have the power of god if we're not living holy 
For that's what Peter said. Be ye holy, for I am holy. am holy. God requires holy living from a true child of God. That's what the Bible teaches. Yeah. A lot of people don't live that way, but truly, a lot of people don't even know that. But that's what the Bible teaches, and that's what I love about this, is you didn't know anything. Yeah, um, I think the main thing uh, we uh, we can do if we're not careful, we'll... Uh, We'll try to introduce people to our standards and uh, all of these uh, convictions without ever trying to introduce them to the person, uh, Jesus. And Jesus is the reason why I have all these things, uh, and he's the reason why I uh, live the way that I do. I, Like I said, I never heard a preacher preach on a lot of the things that I do. Uh, I fell in love with him, and when I fell in love with him, there was nothing too big or small that I wouldn't lay down to please him. And there may be a lot of things that you may not be able to throw a lot of Bible at, but uh, what I feel in my heart, I love the Lord enough, and I'm thankful for what he's done, that uh, whatever it takes to please him, that's what I'm willing to do. That's exactly right. Well, thank you so much. For tuning in to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast, and uh, that is our cue. We got to jump off here. Zach's not here tonight, but he's about to kick us off his podcast. He's about to come on here in just a second, <laughs> so we better get off here. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. Thank you, Brother Joe Lozer, for coming on here and giving us your testimony. Yes, sir. We will see you later. See ya.